3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you.
4: A very special day here at the uh, Word FM studios. Lots going on. You know, some days you're kind of like, uh, what's not, you know, not a whole lot happening. And then sometimes things come in waves. That was the case today. I'm very full. Very full. Because we- of our big party. Yeah, we had a gigantic party. But first, I thought you might be fooled because you had some uh
5: I had some chips some, also.
4: Yeah, you did. So, uh, once a year, I get the uh, very distinct and wonderful pleasure of going to St. Margaret of Scotland School in Greentree. Fabulous school, St. Margaret of Scotland School. And we celebrate Dr. Seuss day together with the kindergarten class, uh Mrs. Kaiser's yeah, kindergarten class. I get the uh the pleasure of reading One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, which, <laughs> which I'm read, sure you do well. I, I do fine. I, I get a little sidebars once in a while. I kind of run down a bunny trail and tell a story here or there, make a few faces, some funny noises, and we all laugh together. And that's what we did today. Really, just a great time. So thanks enough a lot to, uh, to Mrs. Kaiser and St. Margaret of Scotland School for their generosity, their, uh, their great kindness in inviting me
6: in.
5: And thank you to Mrs. Kaiser for caring enough about me to send my favorite chips in a bag, I can't get over. She just went out and bought me a bag of chips, put them in a bag, and the next thing they show up on my desk via John Hall. Very nice. Thank you, Mrs. Kaiser. It's so sweet. Gotta
4: love those listeners. Thanks enough a lot. They're
5: the extra thin cantina chips, put on uh, uh, produced by tor- uh, Tostitos, if you're wondering.
6: Extra there. thin cantina. What's There's, a cantina chip?
5: It's a, I don't know, but it's specialer than normal.
4: <laughs> okay, more special than normal. Mm-hmm. So thanks enough a lot. Yeah, Mrs. Kaiser in St. Margaret of Scotland. Also. Today, day of days here at Word FM, it is a day of great sadness because we are saying farewell, adieu to the greatest receptionist in the history of reception. Yes, you are. Bernie, our beloved Bernie, after 16 years manning the phones and the front door and being the hostess with the absolute mostess. Great aplomb and uh, just beauty all the way around. Bernie is exiting Word FM. I can't
5: believe it. i, I got to uh, be honest with worst. you. That's upsetting to me. It's
4: really, really upsetting. You know, she's got a smile for everybody, always a just warm and bright, and uh, just bigger than life. <laughs> we are the lesser here at Word FM as Bernie exits the building.
5: That's why I mean, we had this big party for her, we did. and we, you know, we gave her gifts and we talked about her and all of her many mm-hmm. abilities and the things she's brought to the station. But at the end of the day, I'm just really disappointed that it's I come just, to this. I just want Bernie to stay here with us forever. Too,
4: yeah, and also a uh, shout out to Bistro to go. Because they catered the party. Listen, Holy smokes. Bistro listen, to go. Nikki
5: and the friends at Bistro to go, if you are looking for someone to cater your event, oh my goodness just gosh. go. don't even look at, don't even do a Google search. No. Don't waste your time. Just call Nikki at Bistro to go and set it up. Yeah,
4: without a doubt. So when we were talking to Bernie today, so everybody crammed into the conference room. We all had this beautiful lunch. And so we were saying to Bernie, well, tell us some highlights of your best phone calls because he answers the phone all the time. best phone calls worst phone calls. Tell us about that. Well, she went one be- one better. She said, oh, I've got those saved. She walked over to the phone. She dialed in some extension numbers that she's got these you know, voicemails saved. And she reg- regaled us with people it was praising hilarious. Word FM mm-hmm. and despising Word FM. It was really
5: in equal measure. Oh,
4: my goodness gracious. So she's on the front lines. Uh, I'm sure she must wake up in the middle of the night sometimes with people's voices in her ear for better or worse.
5: She's been an absolute treasure. She sure has. She really has. I don't say that lightly. No. She is She's one of the very best things about our station. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. It will not be the same. No. Isn't that funny? You know, when you work with somebody all these years and then they go, they're gone. Like, so like today, I, I want to make sure that Bernie got extra doses of love. So I call people that we used to work with, you know, Paul Kress, sales guy, Joe Holman, Steve, McCollum. you know, Steve McCollum, all these guys. And they called in or came to visit in person. Which is also a little Mm -hmm. extra. Jess Levo was here. Yeah, I mean, you know, because work is family. This Mm -hmm. is your, you know, you spend more time here often than you do with your own family. Mm -hmm. So you hopefully you you love each other and get along with with each other really well, and that's what we're doing with Bernie.
5: Yeah, and especially in in the way our country works today, the the person who answers the phone has been devalued because hmm. now we just have, you know, a a, machine. C- a computer that answers it, a machine that says this, press this button for that. Yeah. And the, the presence of an actual human being who answers the phone is something great and valuable. And Bernie has been that for all of us. He's, mm. she's been our voice thousands, tens of thousands of times.
4: Yeah. So Bernie, we love you. Thank you. We do love you.
5: That kind of sounds like she could be singing that. Yeah. I like that. Very nice. Okay. I never uh, thought of her as Tina. I did not. But I, do, 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 I, I, there's a link there. Oh,
4: there is definitely. She could rock it out, Bernie.
5: Mm, Bernie Lee, we love you.
4: Okay, today is uh
5: what today's uh, International Women's Day. Well, I think it's fitting. It is fitting that right. we would honor Bernie Lee on such a day. Yeah. And uh, around five thirty, we're going to be talking about International Women's Day. We'll mm. be sharing um, our favorites in music, in TV, in movies, and in books. Um, so we we'll look forward to that. Okay. And uh, we'll also be talking to Karen Swallow-Prior, one of our favorite women, who joins us on a monthly basis in just a little bit. So stay close in today's Ride Home. one
7: point five WORD.
3: This week from Chuck Swindoll. If you make little demands on people, you will get a little
1: response, which is all you deserve. But if you make big demands on them, you will get a heroic response. That's the way it is in Christianity.
8: Jesus sets a high standard for his followers. Listen weekdays to Chuck Swindoll and Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on
2: 101.5 WORD. Next time you empty the dustbin on your vacuum, hold it over your nose. And take a deep breath. No, I didn't think so. Air duct maintenance wishes to point out that whatever's in there, dirt, pet hair, allergens, is also in your ducts. When's the last time those were cleaned? The air duct cleaning specialists at Air duct maintenance use the most powerful cleaning process around to leave you breathing easier with upfront pricing and fast, courteous service. Start breathing clean, healthy indoor air today. Visit AirDuctMaintenance.com.
9: Imagine not eating for days and not knowing when or if you'll ever eat again. That's the grim reality for poor families in Haiti. Odette doesn't know when she'll be able to feed her family again. She and her husband, Jerome, care for their two grandchildren after the death of their daughter. But because of their age and poor health, it's hard to find work. Odette knows that her grandchildren aren't getting enough to eat, but she has no way to find or buy food. Poor families like Odette's suffer with no hope. They have no idea how they will survive. But you can help. Today you can provide food every day for the next year and a lifetime supply of clean, safe water through Food for the Poor. For just $50, you can ensure that Odette's grandchildren get the food and safe water they need to survive. Would you allow God to use you to save the lives of suffering children in Haiti and Guatemala? Make your life-saving gift now by calling 855-828-HOPE, 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. You can also give by clicking the Give Life banner at wordfm.com. 855-828-4673. For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian
2: School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again first baptist christian school of butler at butlerfbcs.com
4: extreme car and truck in bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle got a new car protect your investment with tst rust renovate the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere and spray on bullet bedliners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man Call the Extreme Team now at 412 257 1006 or visit Extremetruck.net. 412 257 1006, Extremetruck.net. I think that many of us, many of us have aspirations to be a writer, to author a book or two or three. Certainly, we've talked over the years to many, many writers. But it's one thing to think that. It's a whole other thing to actually do it, to put fingertip to laptop, pen to paper, uh, thought into the ether and really get to work. Well, our next guest, Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor. She's a professor in the English department at Liberty University, a senior fellow at Liberty University's Center for Apologetics, Cultural Engagement. Her latest book is called Fierce Convictions, The Extraordinary Life of Hannah Moore. She's got a brand new work that is not yet out, but she's here today to talk to us about the life of a writer and an announcement as well. So, Karen, welcome back to the show. How are you today?
10: Oh, I'm great. It's been too long. Thanks for having me. It has
5: been too long, Karen. And, you know, of course, one of the reasons it's been too long is that you've been very busy and you've got a new project coming out. I know nothing about it. John knows nothing about it. Is this the moment that we're going to hear what it is?
10: Uh, yes this is this is why I haven't been on the show so much I haven't been writing my usual uh, articles and blogs that I love to write so much because I've been working on my next book uh, it's been four years well it will be four years when it comes out since my last one I don't know where the time went um, and we released uh, the cover and the title today um, and it's, it's the title is on reading well Finding the good Life through great books mm. and it is about reading about books um, and something that the title doesn't quite capture is the fact that uh, it's also an examination of the 12 classical virtues through the lens of these great literature. Oh, I
11: love writers. that. Oh, I'm excited.
4: Mm-hmm. So it releases <laughs> so when, are? Karen?
10: Uh, in September. So we got a little ways to, to wait, but it actually, is, um, it can be pre-ordered now and um, and if you save the receipt, um, anyone who pre-orders it is going to get a free digital digital download of the artwork. I actually commissioned an artist to do the beautiful cover um, and also 12 illustrations inside based on the work of mm. literature that I cover. Isn't that
5: exciting? Congratulations, Karen.
10: Oh, well, thanks. Well, we're not quite there yet, but this is a big step in in the process of right. it. I said as I said it's been
4: years in the making. So talk about that the years in the making care. And you've written two this is your third book, is that correct?
6: Right. So, That's correct.
4: So then what is that like? You put you know uh, Hannah Moore to bed, so to speak, and then you move forward when Hannah Moore was all done. And then so the ideas percolate or you sort through things and think, okay, my next project is going to be how does that whole thing you know coagulate in you?
10: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, usually I have a number of ideas in my head about books. And um, so when I finished the Hannah Moore book, I had uh, two or three different ideas. And so basically what happens is that, you know, I have an agent and uh, then there are publishers and I, I talk to my agent, I meet with publishers and editors. And um, the 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 idea that a publisher and and its editor like the most is the one that I went with. I you know once that I, I met with that editor a couple of times actually um, and we refined the idea that I had to uh, write a proposal. A lot you know a lot of aspiring writers don't realize that with with nonfiction um, you don't write the book first. You actually you know get an editor interested and then you write a proposal because um, because the publisher really shapes the book a great deal as well as the mm. editor. And um, it's true in this case that the, the, the book that I just finished, or actually, I'm still, I'm still working on the final edits. Um, the book that I'm finishing is a very different and I think much better book than the one that I proposed because of that, that give and take with the editor and the editor gave me one suggestion that just Turned everything, and that's when it turned into a book um, based on the classical virtues. See, it was my th- editor's boy, th-
5: that's a really interesting idea, um, and that's something that people who haven't gone through that publishing process don't know about yet. It, John and I get a lot of uh, self-published books um, that come across our desk, and the there are two problems with most of them, I think. Um, and the one problem is that they're way too long. Way too long. Um, and the second thing is that they they need a different perspective to help them hone mm-hmm. their perspective and that i'm guessing are two of the things that you think are valuable about having a publisher
10: oh absolutely. and an editor right i mean i it, it's i mean writing is a communal effort i mean from the from the beginning the i you know i want to know that the idea i have is not just a good idea to me but to other people and then to have that kind of um, uh, those other perspectives of, of not just the editor but then then the editor can love the idea uh, and then take it to the rest of the of the publisher where the accountant yeah you know, the table where the accountant sit, and all these other people who have to say, "Okay, well, how can we actually make this idea marketable mm, I, I mean it 's a huge team effort I would. I, I cannot ima- imagine doing this on my own.
4: I see. So all. in some ways then, so that that's interesting that, you know, there's this table and you, you mentioned the accountant because the publisher has the final say because ultimately this depends upon sales, yes?
10: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we live in a capitalistic country, thank the Lord. And um, that's, you know, it, it, the, a publisher isn't going to publish books if it can't sell the books and so um so i i think it's it's just part of the valuable process now if someone wants to publish and take that expense on for themselves that's you know that that's fine they can do that um i just i just find it's hard it's hard it takes more time um but i'm a slow writer so that's okay um and i i just much prefer this collaborative team I i mean even when i write articles i Really appreciate the input and the feedback and the and the and the refinement I get from my
6: editors.
4: And what about that? So talk about that collaboration between you and an editor, because there you are. You know, you're an English professor. Obviously, you're an expert <laughs> and in English. So that would take a person whose mm-hmm. whose who's ego is is small enough or flexible enough to kind of go. Excuse me, Karen. You know, you should look at this, and th-, because other people might not want. Think well. I'm an English professor. I've got this together. I don't need, necessarily need your help or want it.
10: Oh, oh my goodness. I mean, we all know how communication can go so wrong. We can say one thing and we meant, you know, we we meant one thing and it comes across the other way. I mean, as I'm going through the edits on my book, my editor has caught a couple of things where it, I thought, wow, that does come across the wrong way or that's not the impression I want to leave. The wording's not quite right. So, I mean, I think maybe the fact that I am an English professor and I grade a lot of papers, that makes me Actually, I, I really respect words enough to know that I that I, I you know, they are I, I do not I have not harnessed all of their power and, and I, I never will and, and I just we all, I need the, all the help I can get to make sure mm-hmm. that I'm using the right words to say the thing that I'm trying to say that, in the best way I. Can, I, I'll take all the help I can
5: get. Dr. Karen Swallow-Prior is with us, professor in the English department at Liberty University and a senior fellow at Liberty University's Center for Apologetics and Cultural Engagement. We're talking about Dr. Swallow-Prior's new book, which is coming out in the fall, On Reading Well. Uh, Karen, just for those people who are listening who are maybe bloggers or want to be writers, I guess I want to get in your head about the writing process because you are... Um, you are pretty free on Twitter and on Facebook to talk about how much of a slog it
10: is. (laughs) it really is. And of course it's different for everyone, but I just, I'll be totally honest and I'll say that 90% of the writing process is for me hellish. It's painful. It's hard. um, It, as you said, it's, it's a slog. It's just putting your butt in the chair and putting words on the paper and, knowing it's terrible um for a long time until for me uh the fun part is um it is when i get to edit and revise and shape the paragraphs and pick better words and then it gets fun for me but the, the the structuring and the building well i compare it to building a house digging the foundation pouring the cement and putting up the walls is really hard labor and it I don't enjoy it at all, Mm -hmm. but I love the interior decorating.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's interesting. So once you get your framing done, you, Mm -hmm. you love the stuff in the middle. It's just getting, it's just getting the outline done.
10: Well, it's more than the outline. It's even filling it in. I, you know, thinking through the connections that I want to make and um, just developing the ideas. I really, I have to think through them and go running and sleep on them. And then when it's all in place and I can play around with it and improve the words and uh, organization and refine the points, that's what's really fun for me.
5: Mm. Okay. So what about what this does to a family? I mean, you have a husband who loves you and who would like to have a, a relationship with you, right? <laughs> Except that when you're writing a book, it probably seems like, you know, you have, you know, a, a, a lover on the side who's taking away your time and attention and affection.
10: Well, I have I have a very understanding husband. And it's funny, I use the building metaphor because my husband does, um, he he's a teaches and he also builds and we're doing a major remodel on our house right now and uh it's an old house and actually as i watch him work he's up there i mean he's just so intense and he just doesn't do anything else and i thought he is just like me when i'm writing a book when he's remodeling a room um so we're very similar in that Mm, respect
6: okay
5: all right so you can sympathize and empathize with one another
10: yes absolutely
5: okay uh my last question for you karen is um how does someone start? So we've got a, a bunch of listeners who love books, who who devour them. Who, you know, that, that type of, of world is what they want to do, but they can't figure out how to start.
10: Sure. Um, go to where the writers and the editors are, and that generally means going to writers' conferences. That is the mm-hmm. most important thing to do, whether mm-hmm. it's a little local regional conference, and there are excellent ones of uh, of the that kind of conference or a national conference and you can just google it there are specialized ones there are christian ones um, my favorite one is the festival of faith and writing held every other year at calvin college i'll be there speaking a few times this uh, april um, go to where writers and editors are i mean you have to put yourself into that community um, you have to invest time and energy in plugging into that community because they're not going to come to you so that's the first place to start. Very good.
0: So
4: what's that like? That moment that you think, okay, well, I'm essentially done with the manuscript, and you hand it over to the publisher, is there is that exultation, or is it terror, is it dread, or, or all those feelings?
10: Well, you know, again, it's a, it's a process, because I turned in my the first draft of my manuscript last fall. And then I sit and wait and I get, um, you know, I get the editor's edits back and then I make those changes. And now I'm doing the next round of changes. Um, so it's, it's not as climactic as it might sound because, mm-hmm, because it is such a long process. I think the big, big moment will be that day when it goes on sale and I sit back and um, I can't do anything else. It's out there. And then I just have to wait and see how the world receives
6: it.
4: <laughs> Sounds terrifying. <laughs> it is.
5: You know what? Well, I got to tell you this. It just popped into my head. Um, we were with Andy Crouch about a year ago here in Pittsburgh. We were uh, a group of us were having lunch, and he was talking about his tech book that, of course, came out maybe a month or so later. And um, I said, "So, what, tell tell us about like the, not the not what the book is, but what the process of writing the book was like." And he said, "You know, I feel like writing a book is like when I send one of my kids to college." He said, you know, you do all this work and you put all this time and energy into them and then you just kind of throw them out into the world and then it's kind of, you just kind of sit back and see what the what world happens. makes of them.
10: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yes, okay. And having friends like you and, you know, and, and support like that, it, it helps as well. Fabulous.
5: Well, great. Well, we're, we're excited to see what the world makes of your new book, yes. Karen. Come September,
4: wait. yes.
10: And and you'll you'll have me back on to talk about it when it's out, right? Many, many
4: times in between as well, Karen. We can guarantee that. Thanks an awful lot. Always a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Karen Swallow-Prior from Liberty University. In September, her newest book on reading well, finding the good life through great books. More information about Karen on our Facebook page. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We've got lots more ahead. We're going to talk next, well, in a few minutes about six-day creation, the only long-term viable option Stay tuned for that emotional conversation.
2: Individual results may vary.
7: Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid, because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. this is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to brain balance. It has completely completely changed our lives
2: why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem call brain balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child call 724-390-9012 that's 724-390-9012
1: this is mike howard general sales manager for salem media pittsburgh by now you've heard my message seeking qualified salespeople you may not have responded because your current job is exactly where you should be that's great stay put But maybe you haven't called because you think, I don't have media sales experience, I'm not qualified. Let me assure you that while media sales is definitely advantageous, it's certainly not required. We have successful salespeople coming from a financial sales background, retail sales and management, logistics, medical sales, and then me, hotel and hospitality sales. Or maybe you haven't responded because you simply have more questions. This is where a quick conversation can help. In either case, if sales is your life and you think Salem Media could be a good fit for you, please call me, Mike Howard, 412-937-1500. For those ready to apply, go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. A Salem Media sales career is very challenging and rewarding. So if you are a truly driven and self-motivated salesperson, I look forward to your call.
12: Most mattress ads are dominated by offers of long-term, interest-free financing, often for five years or more. Just how expensive is that mattress if it takes you five years to pay for it? Retailers build the financing costs into the already inflated price of the product. This is Robin Truszynski. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't offer long-term financing and don't inflate prices. Why? We believe in transparency and honest pricing. Get a great bed that you can actually afford. OriginalMattress.com.
3: Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a thousand free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org.
12: Cloudy and blustery tonight with some snow at times. That snow leaving behind a coating to an inch of accumulation, the low 26. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, brisk and cold with flurries high 36. We'll turn out partly cloudy tomorrow night, 23 degrees. Then for Saturday, partly sunny with a high of 41. I'm AccuWeather Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
5: Spring training is going on, even though John and I have emotionally withdrawn from mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Pirates just because our hearts are broken. Okay. Our are broken. Just trying to be honest about who we are. Once Andrew McCutcheon left, uh, the heart went out of my commitment to the team. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, I still love baseball. I'm going to try to, you know, put my best foot forward this year. However, yep. um, a baseball story on this day in history uh, Joe DiMaggio died at the age of 84. Do you have any idea what year Joe DiMaggio died? Uh, 56 game hitting streak made him an indelible oh, American folk hero.
4: Yankee Clipper, Jolton Joe. Uh, I would say, uh, I think I remember this, uh, 1999. Uh,
5: ni- yeah, 99. Mike, what the heck? That is the exact year he died. Hey
4: oh, very nice. What? Very nice good no well, you know cuz he,
13: he can see right through that no, I, no I it's nothing. hidden
4: no, no, i you hide things no he has be no, not you,
7: how can he be that be. No. good at that
4: uh here's the deal uh, if you are again of the, you know this my age uh, a middle-aged white guy uh and, and you follow baseball of course joe dimaggio i mean he's you know he's one of the the most influential one of the biggest stars although i never saw joe dimaggio play he, you know he was career was done by the time i was done however Joe DiMaggio lived a, a lot of guys' dreams in that he married Marilyn Monroe. And then later on, he, he had a sort of second career as a television pitchman, as Mr. Coffee. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, like me, I, when I would see like Joe DiMaggio on the television commercials with the Mr. I would think, that's Joe DiMaggio. I mean, he was like a hero to mm-hmm. me. I mean, and Paul Simon, you know, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Mm-hmm. Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. He was immortalized across all media. So... Yeah, of course I'm going to remember who he is.
5: But I can't remember. I can't believe you remember the exact year he died. You have a freakish memory of stuff of like that. Okay. Um, do you remember what year his 56 game hitting streak happened? Now, this will be harder. No, I yeah, don't. Okay. Uh, I
4: would say. Uh, you weren't around. No, of course not. Um, 52.
5: No, you're way off. Happy to. Thank you. 1941. 41? Can you believe it? That was that long ago.
4: Wow. 41. Okay, yeah. I wonder. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, so World War II, had, uh, the guys had not been called up for World War II, so it was it was pure baseball at that point. Yeah, it was you know segregated baseball, mm-hmm. so to speak. But still, uh, the only guy who even came close to some degree was Pete Rose. There are others. I mean, t- to do that, to get a hit safely in fifty six straight games, it is, it is amazing. It's and I, I think it'll probably be a record that's never surpassed, especially <laughs> yeah. with the the way that Major League Baseball is set up right now with specialty pitchers.
5: You know what else is amazing? Hmm. Can you believe that Major League Baseball lets Pete Rose anywhere near the broadcast of the World Series?
4: No. No. Again, I that's I cannot my, get. My and I got to be honest
5: with you. I agree. I think Alex Rodriguez does a great job on TV, but I can't believe they let him I agree. anywhere near it. I mean, way. look, he's got broadcast chops. Clearly, he has much more potential in broadcasting than I ever expected that he would. I'm not trying to diss the man's ability. I'm just saying we know the history. Of a rod, so how is he? How has he become one of the premier broadcasters associated with the World Series? It'd
4: be like Lance Armstrong calling the Tour de France.
5: I just can't get, I cannot Same get kind of over thing. it. I, can't I,
4: get I know it. Well, Major League Baseball is complicit in a lot of weird stuff. There's no doubt about that.
5: All right, your favorite Major League sport?
4: Major League sport?
5: Yeah. Well, uh,
4: despite my heart being, being broken, it's still baseball. It's still baseball. I mean, I just, you know, from, from the earliest, earliest age, you play baseball. You, you know, you watch baseball. You're part of baseball. But, you know, this year's different for me. I'm like, I mean, like I said, I haven't tuned in, I haven't listened to the fan, I haven't read the sports pages. I'm disconnected right, for some reason. My heart's broken. I agree. Not only because of cuts, but just because of the general malaise of this, what we're stuck with in, in Pittsburgh. What well, we it's suffered really through 20 depressing. consecutive losing seasons. Then there was a bright and shining moment of just a se- three years or so of decent baseball, good baseball, and now we're going to go back down that path again. Right. I mean, I just, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather go to the Altoona Curves opening day or the Washington Wild Things sure. opening day.
5: All right, Mike, I'm going to ask you uh, your
13: favorite major league sport. Hands down, hockey. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. I do mean, wa- I played I wa- baseball. I love playing baseball. Yeah. Um, I, I, But my brother got me into hockey at a very young age. And yeah. I remember watching in 1991 and 1992. Me too. Mario me lifting the cup. and that, I know. That's what did it for me. Hard right. to beat. Right.
4: Did you watch them last night?
13: Oh, of course. Oh me too. God. the Flyers. It was a great game, yeah. It was oh an amazing game. i like, oh, oh no, God. the
4: Flyers looked pretty good early on. And then all of a sudden, the house caved in. Very nice. We can
13: three, Pete. We oh, can
4: oh,
5: do oh, it. I how so about a couple spectacular OT wins in the last week. Seriously,
13: yes. I mean, With our backup goalie, too.
5: Yeah. Schultz the other night and then Crosby two nights pre... I mean, holy
13: yeah.
4: We smith. could 3 Pete. Would that be the coolest no, thing? There's we no... Can. You guys... What
5: do you mean, no? no, no we I've confidence in look, this. Look, yes. I don't... know. You cannot get...
4: Boom. We could do this. <laughs> It'd be like the high-water mark of Pittsburgh no sports. No kidding. Well, it would be. Oh, yeah. yeah it,
5: that oh, is is a, Steeler
4: a, Nation notwithstanding. That is a mm-hmm. way you tall... go back to back that to That is
5: a way tall... Mountain I
4: believe. to climb. I believe.
5: All right. Both. I believe. All right. OK. All right. So you're going hockey.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm going baseball. You're going what are baseball.
5: You doing? OK. My whole life I would have said football. OK. My whole life I would have said football. But I have to tell you that the concussion thing has really soured my watching of football. It just, I part of me is always holding back, thinking those guys are killing themselves. Yeah, and am I am I watching a bunch of guys kill themselves? Yeah, yeah. you are. And, and so I just don't. I mean, I still love the Steelers. I still love the game of football. But I just, it something sticks in my throat when I watch it. Mm. It's just I don't know. I so I would say hockey, but. That's only because I have distanced myself from baseball in the last three months.
4: Okay, so speaking of concussions... I would have said,
5: would have said baseball, and then I would have said hockey. But what about But this? now I'm saying hockey and then baseball.
4: So last night's game, we all watched it, right? Right. So there was an, a penalty early on where... Who was taken out of the game? Who was taken out of the game? Because he had a head injury. Remember he saw... He hit I turned the it boards? on after that had happened. Okay. I did too. So early on in the game, and I I might have been rust, and... He got taken out of the game. He, then he b- was put in concussion protocol. During the first period break, one of the broadcasters said, this is the wimpiness of NHL hockey.
5: Really? That that, that they put him in concussion protocol? Yeah. See, that's
6: stupid. Yeah. That's they, stupid. They criticize that.
5: That's stupid. Well, you'll hear all sorts of NFL players criticize the protocol in the NFL, too. And then if someone they love or themselves starts succumbing to issues related to CTE in five years or in 15 years, they're going to have a different story.
6: Exactly. I mean, you
5: you have to take the long view. You have to take the long view. I mean, hockey is still a violent sport. I'm not saying. So all of you who are going to email me now about how hockey is just as violent as football, I hear what you're saying. Yeah,
4: but it sure is beautiful to watch, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Okay, take a break. uh, Come back. Uh, Six-Day Creation, the only long-term viable option. Stay tuned for it. We we think...
5: It's going to be a respectful conversation.
4: Reasonable. Stay with us.
7: 101.5 WORD
3: Dr. Charles Stanley on The Christian Life. The key to the heart of God is obedience obedience in the mind of god is absolutely essential and obedience in the mind of god is doing what he says when he says do it as long as he says do it with no exception Hear the series, The Key to the Heart of God, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley.
8: Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Connor Lamb has been called Nancy Pelosi's hand-picked candidate, and she'll do anything to get him elected. That's because Pelosi knows Connor Lamb will follow her liberal herd. Backed by Nancy Pelosi, Lamb will be a vote for her liberal agenda of higher taxes, more job-killing regulation, and a weaker military. Connor Lamb, he's with her, not us. Built American tough, Rick Sacon. As a U.S. Air Force officer, Rick Sacon defended our country against commandos and espionage from North Korea. As a senior counterintelligence agent in Iraq, Rick Sacon captured and interrogated terrorists. As congressman, Rick Sicon will fight for Pennsylvania jobs and oppose Nancy Pelosi. Rick Sacon protects our families, community, and country. Built American Tough. Rick Saccone. Paid for by NRCC and not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. www.nrcc.org. NRCC NRCC is responsible for the content of this advertising.
14: Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40.
3: or go to selectquote.com Since 1985 we shop, you save Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states
2: Next time you empty the dustbin on your vacuum hold it over your nose and take a deep breath No? I didn't think so air duct maintenance wishes to point out that whatever's in there dirt pet hair allergens is also in your ducts when's the last time those were cleaned the air duct cleaning specialists at air duct maintenance use the most powerful cleaning process around to leave you breathing easier with upfront pricing and fast courteous service start breathing clean healthy indoor air today visit air hi tom Bodet.
14: haven't tried slam poetry yet Motel 6, comfortable, clean, always low prices. Know what I mean? Are you traveling? Are you on the road? Make Motel 6 your humble abode. You will get a good night's sleep. I know this poem's not very deep. I'm Tom Baudet for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on. So go and book online at motel6.com. Mic drop. (laughs)
4: There are several issues that really divide Christians, several really. I mean, there's many, many issues that separate Christians, but several hot button issues. And and one of them is young earth, old
5: earth. And if you've never heard that argument before, what that means. Yeah, basically, there are people who read the Bible and it says on this day, this is what God did. Right. And, right? Um, and that was day one. Or that was day two. That was day three. In Genesis. And some people believe that that reading of Genesis 1 details a creation of the universe that happened in six literal 24-hour days.
4: That's the gospel. That that's what it is. And there's no variance within that. That God had those six full days, and that's how creation, the entirety of it all, came into being. Now there are others who would say the opposite that there's a much longer
5: view. Right. Of and creation. those those people are still Christians and those people are still Bible believing Christians. Right. They look at Genesis 1 and they say, "Okay, well, you know, based on what we know about science and what we what we have discovered about the universe, we recognize that the universe must be much older um than just the dates that are detailed in the Old Testament for us." And so those six days are not six literal 24-hour days, but they are six periods of time. Right.
4: And so often when Christians get together and this subject comes up and talk about this, tempers flare, uh, accusations fly back and forth. It's ruined relationships, quite honestly, which is kind of crazy when you think about it.
6: When
5: we think of our uh, the top three most... Um angrily discussed subjects related to our show. This is one of them.
4: No doubt. Top three, easily. So we now we're happy to bring Gavin Ortland into the mix.
15: <laughs> yeah, Gavin, welcome.
5: We're going to talk about one of our most contested issues.
4: Yes, Gavin. You're so brave and so kind to be part of us, Gavin Ortland? he is a blogger, author, currently working as a fellow at Carl Henry Center for the Theological Understanding at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. He wrote a piece called Is Six-Day Creation the only long-term viable option. Gavin, welcome and thank you.
16: Hey, good to be with you guys.
5: Hey, Gavin. The reason that that I reached out to you, you know, you and I had a, a Twitter conversation, I don't know, a month or so ago about this subject because I appreciated the tenor with which you discussed it you know john mentioned in the introduction that this is this is a really sticky issue and we've had a lot of difficult conversations on our show about it because people feel very strongly your approach in this piece that you put out i think is fair it's not that you don't have an opinion but you're also trying to be humble about how you look at it
16: yeah that's a part of my burden on this is that we approach it with a sense of context for it and a sense of perspective Um, It's not the Gospel. I don't think the Gospel is at stake in the exact question of how old the universe is, as you guys just outlined in your introduction. Um, Historically, there's been a lot of faithful Christians. You know, we've just been celebrating uh, Billy Graham, his life. Um, A lot of people that sometimes people today are surprised were more open in their views. Mm Mm-hmm um and that i think is really helpful to remember and it it can maybe caution us a little bit in our rhetoric right now i'm doing a work on saint augustine saint augustine didn't believe that the days in genesis 1 are 24 hour periods of time he believed it was all it all happened in an instant which is kind of interesting but Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of christians relatively conservative christians too who've held to a different view on this and so my heart is we don't need to fight over this we can um debate our views take it seriously it, it is important but it's not the most important thing and it's not worth um sacrificing our unity uh in the gospel over
4: right so you write right. so it's not just whether genesis narrates history but how it does so yeah
16: yeah and i think that's helpful because sometimes people uh frame the issue as you know do you believe that it's true Or do you reject that it's true? Um, Do you believe it's historical, or do you not? And I think that can be a little misleading, because actually both sides in this debate believe that Genesis 1 is historical. It it turns upon how we think history is being portrayed. And some of us think, you know, the Bible's actually not trying to answer all of our questions in this, and it's okay to admit there's areas of mystery, there's things we don't know, and to not be dogmatic about those things.
5: Yeah, and I think it's essential that we acknowledge to one another um, on our various sides of this issue that the other side also believes in the historicity of Genesis and also the inspired nature of the Word of God.
16: Yes, exactly. In fact, um, some of those in the Protestant tradition who've had the highest view of Scripture, so I'm thinking of... Uh, B.B. Warfield and and Charles Hodge, they're two theologians in the late 19th century who taught at Princeton, which was a very conservative place, who really developed the modern idea of biblical inerrancy. And both of them, interestingly, were open to an older earth. They didn't think that the days of Genesis 1 were 24-hour periods of time. In fact, a lot of those early fundamentalists in the late 19th century and early 20th century um, held to the gap view, which is that there's a period of time between Genesis 1-1 and the rest of the chapter, or what Kathy mentioned earlier, the day-age view, that the days are long periods of time. So it's interesting how it's changed, and it's really just the last two generations since the 1960s that people have begun to say more, you know, if you believe in a high view of the Bible, you have to believe that the days are 24-hour periods of time, you know three generations ago and more, that was not how it played out. And I think it's just helpful to remember. Right.
4: So obviously, Gavin, you've been reading into this deeply, considering different perspectives. When it's all said and done, where are you right now in your perspective about Genesis 1 and creation?
16: Yeah. um, You know, I believe that Genesis 1 is historical. It's telling us what God did in history. Um, I think it is utterly true and utterly trustworthy, but I do think it's communicating um, not in a kind of uh, modern historical way, where it's giving us a, an exact picture-by-picture picture account. And part of the reason for that is science, but part of the reason for that is just things that are there in the text, where you've got, you know, for example, um, the seventh day, which doesn't seem to end, but goes on, um, God is resting. And we know that God doesn't rest. And in Exodus uh, 21, it it talks about that and says God rested and was refreshed on the Sabbath. And we know that God doesn't need to be refreshed. But it seems to be using figurative language or analogical language, kind of comparing God's work of creation to a human work week. And that's how I read the text. That's kind of similar to the way uh, the theologian Henri Blocher, who's a French theologian, reads it. It's kind of a framework describing God's work of creation in terms of a human work week, but it's not trying to give us an exact sort of portrait-by-portrait account. Mm -hmm. And I don't beat people over the head with that. I don't think that that, you know, everyone needs to take that view. But I do think it's helpful to say, hey, that's one option, and there's been a lot of faithful Christians—St. Augustine was actually another one who held to a a very similar view to um, that—who have gone that route.
5: Gavin, John, and I have talked about this with so many people over the last five, six, seven years, and one of the things that I have, and and we've talked to people who are from the perspective of you know, undirected Darwinism completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some who fall into like the directed Darwinism, if you can say that. Um, Category. We've talked to the people who are older, the people who are newer. So I feel like we have, we've we've covered the cross section here. And um, all I can say for sure is just to echo something you already said, which this is not a salvific issue. And if you're not familiar with that word, that just means this is not an issue that we're going to be saved on. And I, I would just challenge anyone listening. Let's not think about these the, our theories of creation as, as live or die type of, uh, type of bits of our theology. That's just not the way I believe God intended us to look at the story.
16: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think just to kind of echo your thoughts there, one of the reasons I think that's so important is the scenario that I call the freshman in college crisis, which is where um, if someone has heard... That the only possible Christian view is that you have to believe the universe is six to ten thousand years old, or in that ballpark. And then you go off to college, or maybe a different season of life, or whatever, and you encounter something that makes you question that, now you have to choose between a a recent creation and basically atheism. Right? You know, unless you're aware, unless you do your own research, and you realize, oh actually, maybe Warfield or whoever, you know, other Christians have had different views. So John
5: Stott or Charles people, Spurgeon? I just have to throw those John, in.
16: John Stott, Charles Spurgeon, exactly right, and and many others we could mention. So my, my challenge to people is if you argue for one view, at least in fairness and in honesty, present the alternatives and recognize that there's still Christian options. Mm-hmm. It, the choice isn't between one particular model of creation versus atheism. And as basic as what I'm saying right now is, I think, I think it's kind of basic. People sometimes don't do that, and the choices are presented as either, you know, 24-hour days or you reject the Bible altogether, and the concern with that is it creates a lot of these freshman in college crisis of faith scenarios where people are simply unaware that there's a spectrum of views, right? and but- that Christianity is not hanging in the balance between one view and the opposite end of the spectrum. And that's just a pastoral burden I have that I have seen. Actually, I've seen that play out many, many times and I feel very concerned about that. And I think it's something we should take Very seriously.
4: Surely. And that's extremely important. But, you know, and not to whitewash or gloss over this salvific issue, because there are many people who would say, wait a second, if you cannot believe word for word what the Bible says, which is six day creation, if you can't believe that in Genesis 1, then the rest of the Bible crumbles upon that. So for many people, it is an issue that is deeply true, the true word of God.
16: Yeah. That's true. And I it, I want to try to not be dismissive toward that, but try to engage that with people and work through that. And my argument, my appeal would be to say, we are interpreting this chapter. There are judgment mm-hmm. calls that are being drawn in how we construe the truthfulness of Genesis 1. And that's where history helps me, because we do read the Bible not as individuals, but as a part of this long tradition of Christians. And if, you know, it's kind of like if enough other godly Christians have looked at the same passage and said, you know, I see that differently. I think humility should require us to say, mm-hmm. okay, I should recognize at least, you know, I'm not an infallible interpreter. The Bible is infallible, but I'm not in, in how I read it. And I might have missed something. And if St. Augustine and some of the other people we've mentioned already in this interview all saw it differently, then maybe it's not the the truthfulness of Genesis one, but the interpretation of Genesis one—that's really at stake here.
5: Right, Gavin. One, we only have a minute left, but one last point I want to bring up, which is that all truth is God's truth. So it, it, the truth that we're finding through the study of history, or the study of chemistry, or the study of biology, or what—that is all God's truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that our um, our tendency to try to protect the Bible and somehow be like you know yeah. no no this is this this has to be true i think if we recognize that the the we believe the bible is true and if it is then it will stand up it will stand That's up great. as more truth is discovered by more scientists and experts and observers in every single field
16: yes exactly right and and right in and with that i think it's appropriate for us to feel a need to exert humility towards science Not that we bow down and say everything that a scientist might ever say is truthful, but I sometimes observe Christians can be dismissive and think science is is a bad thing. Um, And as you're saying, I don't think we need to be afraid. To the extent that it's good science, I think we can have a humble posture and be open and, and, you know, allow for that dialogue. And as you say, ultimately trust that if God's Word is true, we don't need to protect it. It can stand up just fine on its own. And the ultimate thing it points to, uh, which is not where we differ on how old the world is, but the very fact that the world had a beginning is such an incredible point of common ground that all of us have who believe in Christ. And it's a point that we can press into our culture and speak into the confusion that a lot of people have. I think that's where we should put more of the emphasis.
4: Amen. Gavin, always a great pleasure. Thank you so much for your, your kindness, your clarity, your wisdom being with us.
16: Hey, really enjoyed it.
4: Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Gavin Ortland.
17: Hey, my name is Brandt. You ever make a change and then wonder, why didn't they do this a long time ago? That's what's happening for thousands of people with regard to their health care. They're joining MediShare, and then they're wondering, why didn't they already do this? For most members, it costs less than half what they were paying for their old health plan. There's a huge provider network, too. You can customize your plan and... This is awesome. MediShare members can go online with a doctor 24-7. So if you need a prescription for the flu or something, it's so convenient for you and your family. So, yeah, this is one of those why did I wait on this things. And if you don't love your current health plan, you're not stuck with it. You can join MediShare anytime. By the way, to give you an idea, the typical savings for a family, about 500 bucks a month. It just makes so much sense. Check it out. They're super easy to talk to. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE.
8: It's an amazing song. You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. On March 16th, discover the untold story. Behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a monster
0: and I saw God transform him. So I wrote this song for my dad. I can only
8: imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 16th. Go to I can only imagine.com.
5: You know, when we read the accounts of creation in Genesis 1, I I think it's important for us to realize that we are trying to come up with a system that describes the creation of the universe from nothing.
4: I got this step aside please.
5: yeah so the fact that we're all so sure oh yeah. It's oh yeah it totally happened in six 24 hour days or oh this. that never happened in six 24 hour look I, i've said this to my kids when we've talked about this and we have many many times i've said if you are not willing to stand before god and hear the opposite yeah. like if god says hey guess what kathy I, okay personally i believe in an old earth right yeah um if i get to heaven and god says hey guess what kathy I did that in six 24 hour days. I mean, I have to be ready to say, you yep. know what? I was wrong and I'm good with your thing. Yep. I, and I, 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 I shouldn't have been so certain about it. We have to approach I it agree. with that level of humility. You know,
4: I, I think about this often of this Carl Sagan pale blue dot. Yep. Where there's a photograph of the Earth from Voyager 1 taken from millions and millions of miles away. And there's Earth, this tiny pinprick of a little wisp and Carl Sagan in great poetry and in depth who's not a believer but he talks about us in the vastness of the sphere of the universe it's fabulous do yourself a favor sometime look at just google Carl Sagan the pale blue dot it's a whole different perspective on the enormity of God's creation.
11: Word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group.
2: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has delivered on a major campaign promise by taking steps to impose tariffs on some foreign imports. Surrounded by steel workers, the president signed proclamations to slap 25% tariffs on steel imports and 10% tariffs on imported aluminum. He said he made the move because American workers have been betrayed.
0: But that betrayal is now over.
2: And the president argued that the U.S. is simply seeking a level playing field.
0: We just want
2: fairness. There will be exemptions for Canada and Mexico, among some other countries. Greg Clugston, the White House. Not all Republicans are on board, however. Senator Ben Sass told CBS this morning tariffs are a terrible idea. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 94 points to 24,895. That Asdaq rose 31. The S&P advanced 12. This is SRN
18: News. The
8: Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh
11: area for 100 years. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veradesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button. And it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit varidesk.com radio. That's V-A-R-I-desk.com radio.
7: It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Spring House in 84.
14: Thinking about life insurance?
12: Cloudy and blustery tonight with some snow at times. That snow leaving behind a coating to an inch of accumulation, the low 26. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, brisk and cold with flurries high 36. we Will turn out partly cloudy tomorrow night, 23 degrees. Then for Saturday, partly sunny with a high of 41. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
5: Welcome in. Kathy Emmons here with John Hall, both of us celebrating International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. John, happy International Women's Day. Thank you so much. New Mike, to you. You too. Happy International Women's Day. Even though
13: I'm not a woman? No. No, no. Happy Uh, International Women's Day.
4: I celebrated by bidding adieu To the greatest receptionist in the history of receptions. Bernie Lee. Our Bernie, who's leaving Word FM after 16 glorious years here. We love you, Bernie. Countless of thousands of phone calls, interactions via email and whatnot. So, yeah, I I dedicate International Women's
5: Day 2018 to Bernie. (sighs) I totally get behind it. Okay, so all three of us have Bernie Lee at the top of our yes, International Women's Day poster. For mm-hmm. Okay, well, other people are approaching this differently around the world. Um, trains stopped in Spain as female workers went on the country's first feminist strike. Mm. Newspapers dropped their prices for women in France. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, And the International Women's Day flag flew over the U.K. Parliament.
4: Really? I didn't know there was a flag.
5: I didn't know there was either. In India, women marched in several cities, including Delhi, Karachi, and Kolkata. Women also took to the streets in Bangladesh, Belarus, Nepal, Pristina, and Ankara, among many others. I'm reading from today's Guardian report on International Women's Day. Look,
4: any awareness about this, about women equality, is a good thing. Yes, a good thing.
5: Yeah, but here's here's my and I, of course, I agree with that. Here is my main concern about International Women's Day is that we recognize the real women who are the real victims. Yes, I think we have to be careful. You know, say, Kathy Emmons comes on the show at five ten and starts complaining about how difficult my life is. Now, I'm not saying my life is perfect. And I'm not saying I haven't had challenges in the career as careers I've chosen as a woman sure. because I have had that, but If you're going to compare my challenges to someone who's my age and lives in Iran. Oh, my goodness. It's a totally different thing. Totally so different. So I feel like it's not worth me talking about the challenges I have faced in just because of the challenges they've faced. However- It doesn't mean mine don't It's all ca- relative. It doesn't mean that mine don't count, but no. they are relative. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yes. Okay. So I, I think that maybe some awareness of that would help all women as they celebrate sure. International but Women's Day.
4: But you know, Day. in the long arc of history, right, it's, it's easy to say that women have been subjugated. Yes. Put down, of abused. Course yes You know, run through the, the yes. meat grinder of of culture. Yes, that's just how it is. Of course, that's where we live. Yeah. However, perhaps there is, in some small way, a turning, a turning. Well, of the time. I
5: hope there. I hope there is. You know, just last night I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to a radio program, and um, a gentleman called to say uh, something about um, who's the press secretary for Donald Trump. What's her name? Sarah Huckabee. Sarah Huckabee. And he, in commenting about Sarah Huckabee, the first thing he said about her was she's unattractive and she weighs too much. Who said this? Some guy who was calling a radio program. Well, he's a coconut. Okay. What okay. does he know? Okay. And then he went on to say something about how he d- disagreed with her. And I thought to myself, see, that's – that's so annoying to every woman. Sure, like like Sarah Huckabee's job is to be skinny and attractive.
4: Right, right. Like that's, that's her main top right, of her resume. That has
5: nothing to do with her job. Right. And second, second of all, let me say this: her job is to not look good for you. Yeah, whoever we, you are, guy, calling a radio. Program. So the
4: caller, caller X, is sitting at home, you know, in his in his T-shirt, drinking, you know, a, a Miller Light probably, you know, 50 pounds overweight. So please, who are you, sir? Bright and shining light of, you know, the glorious day.
5: So those are moments when I hear something like that. I think you have got to be kidding me.
4: So generally, right, guys don't get it because guys haven't been there, been put through this. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And I think that um, men have, you, you can't, you can't get away from being a man. You're going you – no, you have, you you have are, been a be man, you, so you've been treated as a man in, in school and in, in job and in family life and all of those things, and women can't get away from being a woman. But those gender roles that we've established, they are not perfectly – they're not God-given gender roles, the ones we see in our culture. They aren't. But at the same time – our culture has not gotten it completely wrong either. And so I think that that's a difficult thing. I think when I hear people at International Women's Day say, I can't believe that for so many decades, women were forced to stay at home and they were only allowed to be mothers and they were only allowed to be wives. Well, look, I'm working and I enjoy working and I would rather work than I would rather stay at home. But the point is that that is not all bad either. But you did stay at home. I I did. So women who choose to stay at home and choose to be wives and mothers should not ever be called only doing that, right? Um, But... It's wonderful that women have choices. So in in, in in women's angst to push forward, I don't think they need to be so strong and say women should be not that or only women should women. be only that. Yeah. You know, I think what we should be going for is women having independence and women being valued by men in the workplace, at home, as co-workers for the same goal, yeah. right? That's what we should be going for.
4: I think for your guy, if you would look at women and think, I would talk to that woman or those group of women the way that I would talk to my mother or my sister. Mm. And if you had that in mind all the time, it would clean very up a lot of BS. That
5: is very smart. Don't you think? That is very and smart. And I think a lot
4: of guys, look, I mean, and believe me, the way that I've treated women is, you know, has never been on the front page of Time Magazine, it's something I'm gonna stand behind. But I gotta be honest, I had five sisters. I had five sisters and I was next to the youngest of all those kids. So a lot of that was ingrained in me in you know, I mean, through physical violence. Some in some ways. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> you get the message, right? You see four older you know sisters in front of me, and I go, oh yeah, I see what they're going through. I understand that. So to me, that was a life changer. So look at that. Look at your mom. Look at your sisters. Look at your wife. Speak well in front of them as you would speak well in front of all women. Okay. And so, act well. So you
5: say your mom and your sisters are a formative part of how you, you how do you talk to women 100% okay so Mike first of all both of you guys how, treat women well all the time so Mike where did you learn that who did you learn that from
13: my father okay um, he spoke highly of my mother in front of me yeah um, yeah they would have their, have their tiffs but I don't know for, to me I, and, and maybe this is just media just showing this side of it I just feel like the feminist movement is, is basically comes down to this song
19: Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you.
6: No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're
5: not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Is that John and I
6: arguing I before the, up the up show? I All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Hutton and uh, Howard Keel? Oh, yeah. Uh, what is oh, that Nanny get the show? Nanny, get your gun. Nanny, get your, Nanny get Nanny your, your gun. And only on that, you
5: No, that is what it is. And the sad thing is that that doesn't acknowledge... That women and men are different, and yeah, that's a good right. thing. Of it's course. A great thing, Everybody right? has their own
4: skill set. Right. Just, right.
5: It just bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me that we can't just look at each other and say, you know what? You're better at that. Yeah. And so, yeah.
4: We are complementary. Yeah, right? we're
5: supposed to be complementary. Right, right. So anyway, International Women's Day.
4: Thank
6: you very Let's much. Let's all
5: celebrate. We're going to talk about it at 5.30. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite female uh, musicians, yeah. uh, our favorite female writers, and our favorite female females on uh, TV and movies. And our favorite
13: female reception. Bernie Lee.
6: Very
4: nice. (laughs) We salute you, Bernie.
13: Bernie Lee theme song.
4: As you exit Word FM for the last time today here. God bless you all. Take a break. Be right back. we got lots more ahead. Hey, stick around. Uh, We're going to speak with a man who has made Pittsburgh home. What a contributor. His wife, his children. That story next.
7: 1.5 WORD Are
0: you committed to wanting to honor God in your marriage? Robert Walgamuth says there are three things
8: you need to keep in mind. What is the will of God for you and what is the will of God for your marriage? Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Having a marriage where love is
0: genuine. Next time on Family Life Today with Dennis Rainey.
3: Tomorrow morning at 9
2: on 101.5 Word FM WORD.
0: This
18: is Scott Wagner. As the founder and president of Penn Waste, I know a thing or two about garbage. And the ads from Paul Mango attacking me on this station are grade A trash. My opponent sees lying as his only path to victory. But Proverbs 12.22 says, The Lord detests lying lips, and he delights in people who are trustworthy. The truth is, I'm an unapologetic, pro-life, pro-family conservative with a record to prove it. Paul Mango's lies are beneath the office of governor, which is why both the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and the Pennsylvania Family Institute have corrected his false attacks on me. As governor, I'll stand up for religious freedoms and protect our children, including the unborn. I'm the only proven conservative running for governor. I'm Scott Wagner, and I ask for your support.
0: Scott Wagner, pro-life, pro-family, the proven conservative. Paid for by Wagner for Governor. For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin.
18: It was a secret. No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. but, But what if my wife or kids found out? Mm, Harmless? It would have ruined me. The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in, but
0: but this was so personal. Who could I trust? He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling but more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, all from the comfort of your own home. Try it for the first week free by going to faithfulcounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST. That's faithfulcounseling.com. And use the invite code word TRUST to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us.
4: Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to Winter Grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bedliners. Offer extreme protection, tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net.
6: It's an amazing song.
8: You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. On March 16th, discover the untold story behind the beloved song that inspired millions my
0: dad was a monster and i saw god transform him so i wrote this song for my dad
8: i can only imagine rated pg parental guidance suggested. in theaters march 16 go to i can only imagine.com
5: In all of our conversation about immigration, about education, about our community here in Pittsburgh, you know, we talk in theory, right? We, we, we have our political perspective on things, but it's not often that we just actually talk to a person. And, and I think that if we talk to people, we would – Our our viewpoints would change, wouldn't they? First of all, they would become kinder. And second of all, I think they would become more informed if we actually had conversations with people who were involved.
4: Sure. You look somebody in the eye and it's people, not person, not policy. It's
5: just different. All right. So I'm looking somebody in the eye right now. Um, we're happy to welcome Jose David Posada to the program. Jose is a fourth year PhD student at the University of Pittsburgh in biomedical informatics. And, um, he is not a Native American as you, well, that sounded
19: wrong, right? He does, yes, he
5: does. <laughs> he's not a Native American and
19: he's not an American, but welcome, Jose. We're glad you're here. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's our pleasure. Okay, Jose,
5: tell us where you've come from and tell us how you ended up coming to the United States.
19: Yes, I'm from Colombia. Uh, let me say that it's with two O's. So it's not Colombia.
6: <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're thinking South America.
5: Colombia.
19: Yes. He's <laughs> uh, in South America. I'm from the n- northern part. So it's. it's It's from the Caribbean. I grew up 500 meters, that is yards, uh, from the beach. Nice. Yes. So it used to be considered the most gorgeous uh, bay in Latin America. So it's um, it's a wonderful city. It's called Santa Marta. It's really small. It's like 500,000 people. After that, uh, my mom got moved to a, a little bigger city. It's Barranquilla. A lot of people may have heard that city because it's the um, hometown from Shakira. Oh right, of course. Actually, my wife studied in the same uh, high school as Shakira, and she saw her singing. Really? There, yes. A long time ago. Actually, you know, when when she was younger, her aunt actually um, hired Shakira to sing on the on um, on her parties. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I knew you when. <laughs> yes. So that's uh yes. I see. So, so yeah. So in this journey, I didn't. I came in Pittsburgh in 2011 for a conference, not knowing that God was planning to bring me back in 2014. So I've been here since 2014, mm. and I actually the hotel that I was was not was actually closer to this to this very place. How about that?
5: All right, talk about... So you were a Fulbright Scholar.
19: Yes. So uh, so I applied to Fulbright. Uh, it's a long process, It's like a six-month process. Uh, this one was the one of the schools that actually interviewed me. It was a wonderful process. I actually um, enjoy a lot. And and what attracted me about this city, first, <laughs> I, I I was here before, and also because it was a city that looks like a family city. So uh, it was something that I really... Um, attract me from the other options that I had.
5: So Pittsburgh looked to you like a family city.
19: Yes, from, from the reference, from the web pages, from the people that I talked to that was uh, here before me. And, and this uh, whole process in Fulbright was uh, started in maybe February of 2014. Sorry, it started in 2013. <laughs> and then it came out to 2014. And yes, we arrived with my family in August of 2014.
4: I see. So even though Pittsburgh looks like a family city, it's not the beach.
19: Oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> so, we, so, know, we know you're very cold, but we also know that you have a family here. I mean, yes. has Pittsburgh fulfilled that you know expectation you had of it?
19: Yes, yes, of course. And, uh, and you know what is one of the places that I love the most about Pittsburgh? The library. Oh, mm. the Carnegie Library. Oh, yeah. Yes. Isn't Fabulous it wonderful? Library. Oh, yeah. I love it. I yes. love it. And it's um, so it's, 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 a, it's a whole process. So before coming here and this whole process of Fulbright, I was asking the Lord to actually move me from the field that I was. Uh, I'm originally an electronic engineer, and I did a master in mechanical engineer. So how I am in biomedical informatics. Huh. So I was really disappointed about my field and what I was doing. I was asking the Lord. So show me something different, please. So I started to look to this different field two years before coming. So I didn't know anything about this field. I didn't know anything about it was going to be like a hot area. I was just asking the Lord to move me to something meaningful when I could actually use the talents that he has given me to actually help somebody. Mm-hmm. So... The, the journey started there in 2011, when I, when I was really questioning what I was doing. Uh, and then God shows me this field and this area, and I started looking for places to fulfill this. I was actually even abandoned the idea of doing a PhD. And he was showing me again that this was the path to pursue. And, and then, uh, when I applied to this program and I found Pittsburgh just by rebound, uh, the webpage of this biomedical informatics department, and, and I came here, I couldn't imagine how hot it started to be the field in the U.S., how in demand were this area and how many changes has been in place. So uh, affecting the people with this set of tools or skills were even more appropriate in this particular time
4: outstanding so it's god's providence in some way that you are here at this moment oh, so, yeah. jose, so there, there's there's jose Posada, the man and the career path the educational path but what about you as the spiritual man can you talk about that tell us that spiritual journey
19: yes so uh that is even uh even more um surprising because uh in 2010 uh, my wife and, and I met in 2009, and then we started going to church together in 2010. I became a Christian in 2004, um, my, um, but I was not a like, really committed Christian back then. And in 2010, we decided to go full in. So we started a process, um, a discipleship process, when we started later becoming leaders of a small group. And we were doing this together, uh, when we were dating, and this is back back in Colombia back in Colombia, so we, we were dating, and we started with this process together, growing in faith together in this uh, church that we were attending and it was amazing it was amazing how to how to actually have uh, people that you that you care about, that you are every every week preaching the word, uh, going out to the streets to try to uh, preach the gospel to people. And it was an amazing process that it started in 2010. And then when I came here, uh, it was a really difficult change to adapt uh, to the church here.
4: How so? What, what was different from the church here as opposed to the church that you were used to in Colombia?
19: We don't jump. We don't jump here. You don't no. jump. <laughs> were you jumping? Oh, in- yeah.
4: What kind of jumping?
19: No, but what I say jump is that sometimes you are uh, in the middle of the worship and you are
4: up and down, up and down, right? <laughs>
19: wow, so we're dull, huh? We don't jump <laughs> we're here. Talking. There's no jump. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but um, uh, not so much about that. But uh, one one of the things is that, of course, the, the worship was really different. Yes was really different? The way to preach the word was markedly different. So
4: then you're used to what? Um, describe what you would encounter in Colombia in your in your comfort zone.
19: Uh, first, a two-hour service. Wow! So that's starting from that. From that two-hour service, you have almost an hour of worship.
4: Music. Uh, yes, music right? yes. loud. Contemporary <laughs> that you went to? Oh yeah, yeah. And loud.
19: loud. <laughs> oh, he said loud a couple times. <laughs> and a lot of jumping in the volume. Yes. So uh, that's one of the first parts. The second is that um, the preaching usually was applied. So uh, the, the preach was really, really applied. So I was not used to, I was used to classes, but outside the main I congregation Got Sunday. It. So when I came here, I said, like, oh, this is something that I may hear in my small groups, but not someday. Hmm. So it was really a change for me. And the third thing, I sit in the second row of the church because even that I knew English, I didn't understand the pastor. (laughs) So I, I was not like, what is he saying? So I didn't know the words in the Bible in English. Wow. I didn't know what was stewardship, I didn't know what was atonement, I didn't know what it was.
8: Sure, it's a whole uh, other language.
19: Oh yeah, what it was dual in the tabernacle. What, what is he saying? I didn't know anything, so mm. I was like, was lost. Mm. So it was a difficult spiritual journey, it was a lot of effort to try to keep up, because we took a decision as family, and I'm not going to a Latin American church, because I need to be out of my comfort zone. Mm. So, um, You're so smart.
5: Yeah. That, so talk about how people have, in Pittsburgh, have responded to you being not
19: from America. Okay. That's being uh, also different. So I'm really open. And I, when I came here, there I touch everybody. I usually touch everybody. Hug <laughs> everybody. Yeah. So that's one of the first things. So When, when the people received me, for me it was a cool response. Because mm. I was used to more warm.
4: I see. Okay. So people like would wave to you, right? Hey, two meters away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, bubble. and you're kind of going, "Come over here, give me a, give me a hug."
19: <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, but then I understood that that was just part of the culture. Yeah. But it was a little difficult for me at the beginning, just to understand that that was the way the things were, not because they didn't like me, just.
4: Yes. Well, thank goodness you had your wife here with you. You could process this together.
19: Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's definitely, and we could um, grow together in this mm-hmm. uh, different environment that was uh, being um, with people that we don't express ourselves in the same way.
5: So you're here as a Fulbright scholar, um, your fourth year PhD student at Pitt. Uh, when you do you keep up with the news here? Do you are you tracking how the American conversation on immigration is going, and and how do you how do you hear that?
19: Oh yeah, so that's uh, that is something that is just um uh, yes. So I'm tracking with that. I'm tracking with that, and I'm from the sides of um, so personally. I have family here that came. Uh, most of them are now uh, citizens, and I have friends that are in the process that is are being are waiting for their actual green card for ten years. Wow! Oh, my wow! God. Ten years. So they're they're
4: in legally and in process, but it's been ten years.
19: They are approved for green card ten years ago. Wow. (laughs) So I I have seen all the spectrum. And also I have encountered people that are undocumented. Yes. With kids. And I have seen how difficult are for them even just driving.
4: Because of fear?
19: Because they cannot get a license. Oh.
4: So how hard is that? I mean, that's got the day-to-day difficulty. people that
19: I know, people that I that were with me, and it was so this this whole side of the spectrum of highly educated guy just waiting ten years for a green card, yeah, and people that are working with their hands day to day,
4: undocumented,
19: undocumented, in like close to waiting. Let's something for happen.
4: Let's take a quick break. Jose David Posada is with us. He is a Fulbright Scholar living here in the city of Pittsburgh, fourth-year Ph.D. student. He's got a story to tell. Stick around.
15: If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low, trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success you need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours brain balance achievement centers can make a real difference for your child Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has troublemaking friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390 9012 today.
2: Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at PGHNorthChamber.com.
11: Studies show if you sleep next to someone who snores, you could be losing an hour of sleep every night. I'm Trina Webster, and I don't have that problem anymore.
2: I'm Dan Webster. We're the founders of Z-Quiet.
11: We know how snoring can turn your sweet dreams into a nightmare of shoving, poking, and morning frustration. Not to mention those dreaded trips to the couch in the middle of the night. Snoring was a real problem for us. I tried everything, even surgery, but nothing worked. That's when we developed an amazing solution
2: called Z-Quiet. ZQuiet quiet is easy to use and works immediately so you can sleep comfortably without making a sound. Just pop it in before you sleep and kick snoring out of bed forever.
11: Millions of people are sleeping better every night thanks to Z-Quiet. So if better sleep is one of your goals, go to GetZQuiet.com.
2: z fits both men and women. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Text SLEEP. To 246810 or go to GetZQuiet.com. Text sleep to 246810 or go to GetZQuiet.com. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer. Or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township, the Virtual Job Fair at WordFM.com.
12: Cloudy and blustery tonight with some snow at times. That snow leaving behind a coating to an inch of accumulation. The low twenty-six. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. Brisk and cold with flurries. High thirty-six. We'll turn out partly cloudy tomorrow night. Twenty-three degrees. Then for Saturday, partly sunny with a high of 41. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
5: We're talking to Jose David Posada, who's a fourth-year Ph.D. student in the Department of Biomedical Informatics at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, We're getting to know him. He's come here as a Fulbright Scholar from, uh, from Columbia, I want to make sure I say it appropriately with with two O's. Um, And uh, we've been talking to him about being in America and also being here in Pittsburgh as someone who is not American. So, Jose, you have become uh, established and loved in a local church here in the Pittsburgh area. um, And you're now involved in a project called You Can Read the Bible. So first off, tell us about your church and tell us
19: about this program. So uh, – So the church is starting an initiative to try uh, to encourage the people to read the Bible. So that's the only and solid purpose of this. Let's try to encourage the people to read the entire Bible. So that prayer uh, started last year. And what, tell us about your church. So the church is like, it's called Belfield Church. Uh, it's a church that is uh, located in the main campus in Auckland. That I actually, the story, how do I get to Belfield is really interesting because the people that in, the guy that invited me to the church is not in the church. now nah, anymore. <laughs> uh, because, was it Amokar? Uh, no, it uh, was Lucas. He is now in a different church because her wife goes to a different church. I see. So.
4: Did he say there was jumping?
19: He like said, you might like this church because sometimes they jump. Okay, so Belfield Presbyterian Church. Yes, Belfield Presbyterian Church. So they start these along with classes at the church. And then Dave uh, was telling me, you know, there are some people saying, when are we going to release the Spanish version? So I was in the middle of trying to propose my PhD. <laughs> and I was like, oh, should I do this or not? Actually, I'm proposing March 15th, like next week. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so was like, oh, no, I don't have time for this. So um, so but I start reading. I start reading along. And then God say, OK, let's do it. Like it's it, there is always time. There is always something that it can be done. So because as, as uh, along with their pets, there is also recordings to do. Right.
5: So this You Can Read the Bible is is a web-based program yes. that just encourages
19: people to read the Bible. That's all it is. Yes. Right? It's, it's all that. There is no publicity, no reference to even any church. So people that are afraid of denominations doesn't have an excuse to go into the page. Nice. Right, it's just to get people
5: to read the Bible. But there's, that's it. So there's a written plan, but there's also the audio version. So yes. you can listen to the Bible.
19: Yes, and the main difference of this is that it's, it's not trying to explain you the text. It's not trying to give you like a superficial explanation but also read these really deep thoughts that nobody understands. So it's trying just to give you enough context so you can follow along I see. a text that is written in an ancient form of literature. I see. So,
4: so you can read the Bible... Uh, clearly, a lot of English speakers can do this, but you're looking for people who are Hispanic as well.
19: Yes. So we have started this with the uh, with a really old version of the Bible, and we just get announced that we are going to be able to use the, the mainstream version that Latin American, almost every Hispanic, sp- Spanish-speaking church is using. So we're really excited. So we started this project, even with that old Bible. It's 1909. Wow. And, and when they showed the statistics like like there were like two thousand people accessing to the Spanish version, I was just amazed that with no publicity, all Bible. A text that I was was is really different from what Spanish uh, or Latin American churches does do. There were so many people drowned to read the Bible. Like the work that God is, God is doing to bring the people to read his word is just amazing because the resources we are spending to let the people know that that is out there is almost zero. Right, so there's been no publicity
5: for this project that uh, Belfield Church has taken on. You can read the com, and there's no advertising associated with it. There's nothing. But with, no, word with, with, no, with only word of mouth, now there are about 30,000 people around the country and now around the world that are following
19: along with this.
4: Wonderful. But yes. you want somebody who's Hispanic to read along?
19: Yes. So, so we are starting to do these adaptations, but it's not just translation because there are a lot of things in English that doesn't match in Spanish. So we're starting these adaptations in Spanish um, and trying to encourage the people to read that and reading the text. And and this amazing thing is 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 just happening uh, and people connecting I think from all over the world to, to listen to this resource. Sure. Well, Jose, thanks an awful lot. Yeah,
5: thank you for being here, for telling us your story, and for reminding us again of youcanreadthebible.com. As Jose said, this is not denomination-based. This is not teaching-based. This is just a way to get you to read the Bible on a daily basis. You can read or you can listen in, and there are just they're not professionals reading this is just regular, you know, people. regular people who are reading the bible and uh, if you go to youcanreadthebible.com there's a link at our facebook page the right home with john and kathy you can read along as well
4: very nice jose it's been a pleasure thanks so much for coming in and telling your story
19: thank you very much john and kathy
4: the pleasure is ours jose david posada information about you can read the bible you've got that uh facebook page john and kathy on the web as well
7: 1.5 WORD
16: Here's what's happening today on Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Focus on reconciliation, not resolution. Focus on reconciliation, not resolution. There's a big difference here. Reconciliation means reestablishing the relationship. Resolution means resolving every issue we no longer have any disagreement we no longer have any problems that second one isn't going to happen because some things you're never going to agree
2: on Daily Hope with Rick Warren. Tomorrow morning at 11 on 101.5
8: WORD. It's an amazing song. You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. On March 16th, discover the untold story behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a
0: monster, and I saw God transform him, so I wrote this song. For my dad.
8: I can only imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 16th. Go to I can only imagine
9: Imagine not eating for days and not knowing when or if you'll ever eat again. That's the grim reality for poor families in Haiti. Odette doesn't know when she'll be able to feed her family again. She and her husband, Jerome, care for their two grandchildren after the death of their daughter. But because of their age and poor health, it's hard to find work. Odette knows that her grandchildren aren't getting enough to eat, but she has no way to find or buy food. Poor families like Odette's suffer with no hope. They have no idea how they will survive. But you can help. Today, you can provide food every day for the next year and a lifetime supply of clean, safe water through Food for the Poor. For just $50, you can ensure that Odette's grandchildren get the food and safe water they need to survive. Would you allow God to use you to save the lives of suffering children in Haiti and Guatemala? Make your life-saving gift now by calling 855-828-HOPE, 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. You can also give by clicking the Give Life banner at wordfm.com. 855-828-4673. 828-4673.
12: It's buy one, get one at your local CVS pharmacy, where it's easy to find the essentials you need and the hot deals you want. Need one good reason to shop this week? How about two? All Revlon cosmetics are buy one, get one 50% off. Plus Cadbury mini eggs and Hershey's Easter kisses, eggs and miniatures are buy one, get one free. Restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash weekly ad for details. Feel good? Save money at your neighborhood CVS pharmacy.
2: For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around, a complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Less than two weeks after an all-time high, the stock market experienced its largest single-day drop in history. How does that affect you? Does that have you worried and feeling nervous? Tune into this week's Your Retirement Blueprint with Kirk Kenotic and Ethan Lane Saturday morning at 10 to find out what market volatility could mean for your retirement. In volatile times, Your Retirement Blueprint can help keep your retirement plan on track. Join us Saturday morning at 10 on 101.5 Word FM.
4: Welcome back. We have been um, in a celebrating. passing way. In a passing
5: way. I don't, know, I don't think we call it passing. No, we
4: haven't had any snacks or anything like that.
5: In John's world? No, it's not just in John's world. It's my world, too. I mean, of if we're course. not going to have snacks, is it really a celebration? Uh,
4: no, it's not. It's just okay. talking otherwise. If what kind of sn- snacks
5: would you have for International Women's Day? Uh, chip and dip. <laughs> That's your snack for everything. <laughs> All right, we're celebrating. We're observing. Just saying. International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. People have been uh, protesting. People have been striking. People have been doing it. So we're trying to take the positive approach. Yeah. And so I asked John and Mike to kind of put their heads together and think about Scary, uh, think about the women that they admire or appreciate the most mm-hmm. in certain sectors. So I brought up music. I brought up television, movies, books. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. So um, – You want to just
4: – Talk about our choices. Yeah, when I talk about three choices. Yeah, three choices. So
5: let's go. um, Mm -hmm. Let's go music first. Okay. Okay. Me or you
4: first? You. Okay. Um, My three top choices. If if, you know, if I hear, if I hear this voice um, on the radio or you know wherever, I'll turn up the volume. That's how I know I'm invested. If I hear Ella Fitzgerald, if I hear Annie Lennox. Mm. Or Etta James. Mm. Those three voices? Oh,
5: that's nice.
4: That's music to my ears. That's
5: very, very nice. I mean, nice. That's, that's
4: beautiful, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Ella, Annie,
6: Edda.
5: Now, that's funny because um, Ella was my first one as well. <laughs>
6: <laughs> we did not talk about these. We did not talk about these. Good.
5: Um, now, I, I, I had like a list of women that I went through. Yeah. And then I had to, to cull it, down. it, right? So I had like Natalie Cole and Katie mm-hmm. Lang and... Sure. Uh, Amy Winehouse and Aretha Franklin and Diana Ross and Eddie James was on the list. Rebecca Sparks was on the list. Hey, Rebecca. Um, okay, but I had to narrow it down to a top four. I couldn't even make it to top three. Four. So Ella, okay. Nancy Wilson, mm. Bonnie Raitt. Oh yeah. And Gladys Knight.
4: Oh, that's excellent, Gladys Knight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you've got pips, yeah.
5: Haven't you made it?
4: Mm-hmm. What's a uh, Bonnie Raitt? Well, I have I several of her. I
5: can't make you love me if you uh,
4: don't.
5: Because you can't make your heart feel I mean, something. It
4: won't. She came out like uh, <laughs> mid '90s, right? Was it mid '90s or? It was 90s? probably
5: no. I'd say it was mid '90s.
4: She burst out with some breakaway when albums. she was forty-five uh, years old, exactly. fifty years old, right. I mean, I mean she's Raitt. just a,
5: she is a tremendous she tremendous sure talent I had never heard of Bonnie Raitt until until this breakout. until that yeah course, until yeah. I can't make you love me
4: one, one, meanwhile
5: she'd had a she'd had a 25year career in blues before yeah. then but I just never knew about well
4: because it. yeah there was just something different about that right it just exploded on the music scene
5: right but every time she has been uh to Pittsburgh I have have you seen see her? her? Oh, yeah. have you? Yes. What kind of show? How's oh, show? it's a great, yeah. great show. Uh-huh. It's a wonderful show. Her last one was maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago at the Benedum. It was just great. Mm. She's traveled with the same band for oh, like really? a couple decades. That's super Yeah, cool. so these guys know what they're it's, – it's, you're getting a full nice. unit.
4: It's great. Okay, Mike, uh, you want to chime in on this? Sure, yeah. Okay, it's three uh, female voices.
13: Okay, well, I like pink. Oh yeah, she's an amazing singer. She is an amazing singer. She's been through a lot. Yeah, she's she's a hardcore girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is a hardcore girl. Um, this is this is kind of going way back, but Judy Garland. Oh, do you love? Yeah. I didn't know you oh loved my Judy. She's brought me so much joy oh. when I was
5: little. Isn't watching, she the most charming thing? She watching wasn't Wizard is. of Oz. Oh,
13: yeah, yeah. my uh, my pappy had to throw the movie away because. What? I literally watched it every single day, and he would watch me on pretty much almost every single day. And so he I get, got sick of it. That's horrifying. I think throw it's, away. Scar- I think it's throw the scariest it away. movie of all time. Oh, I, I love, love that movie. Song. Oh, it's a great or movie. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. And this is kind of outside of the box. Okay. This, is kind of the box. Okay. this is a women woman's athlete. Serena Williams.
5: Oh, you brought up. You went athlete? Wait, wait, wait we're we not even talking athlete. I know. Yet. I kind of went
13: out of the box Hold here. Hold on. What are you talking but about? But I have to. I have to. We're talking music, and all of a sudden he's in tennis. I'm sorry. I have to. This woman. Won the Australian op- Open eight weeks pregnant. <laughs> I have to give it to her.
19: <laughs> yeah, She's singing? Very, that's a no. very good point. But she,
13: brought, she won the Australian Open eight weeks pregnant.
4: Okay. All right. I can't that. And it was that. probably
5: the 10th time she'd won it probably for so. crying yeah, out yeah. loud. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Although she
4: does vocalize as she plays tennis. <laughs> of
5: course she does. Doesn't All right, let's go TV. TV. Now, you can pick your favorite TV character that's or your favorite TV actress. You can go either way. Okay,
4: I picked three favorite women TV characters. All right. Lily Munster. <laughs> <laughs> As a child growing up, oh I God. thought Lily Munster was a very wise woman in the midst of all that sort of, you know, Herman Munster chaos and grandpa and, you know, Eddie and Marilyn, I think is her name, the the daughter who was the regular daughter. Jim. Lily Munster to me was sort of a role model.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: That's the first time I've ever heard someone say Lily Munster was yeah. a role model. Yeah. Okay. Carol Burnett. Great call.
4: Yep. And Edith Bunker.
5: Wasn't that a sweet oh. relationship there? Wasn't it?
4: Well, it was certainly abusive. I'll say but, that. But
5: I think though of the end yeah. of those. Wasn't it? Wasn't it sweet? In yeah. The end? It was really.
4: I mean, talk about a guy who's a prototypical, you know, old style guy. Old Bernie. Love you, Bernie. Bernie's walking out of here. Simply the best. Oh. There she goes. <laughs> There's her song. She There's her theme song again. Yeah. All
5: right. Those are three great calls.
4: Yeah. Lily Munster, Carol Burnett, Edith Bunker. Okay. Okay.
5: All right. I'm going uh, Mary Tyler Moore as Laura Petrie. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. As on Laura Petrie. On the Dick Van Dyke show. Love her. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I am going with Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. Oh, yeah. In oh, Parks gosh. and Rec. Excellent. You Excellent took- choice. She is... Mm-hmm. That was just up there, and number three, and I, this is not a leader in the clubhouse, but I, I'm proud to bring it. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Garner as Sydney Bristow in Alias.
4: Huh? See, I don't, I don't know that at all. You yeah. are missing. I know. Out. Really, I know Jennifer Garner from the credit card ads. No,
5: Jennifer oh, yeah. Garner was Sydney Bristow okay. fifteen years before she was the credit card girl. Hmm. Okay. Alias, one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Really? Talk about someone who could bring it. I know Sydney nothing. could bring really? it.
4: Okay. So has her career waned because she's doing credit card ads now?
5: She has three kids. Okay. So,
4: so she's, she's heavy into being a mom. Occupied. Right. I'm sure it's a handsome paycheck doing the credit cards. I'm sure it is. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Mike, you want to chime in there? On TV? No tennis players.
13: Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. All, All right.
5: right. Let's do movies.
4: Okay. Uh, movies. Top three women for movies? Yes. Barbara Stanwyck.
5: Ooh, uh, is, that's the t- the telephone. Who's calling me? What's what's the- Sorry, wrong number. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Who's calling, who's calling
4: me? Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. Look at Barbara Stanwyck. Look at, uh, look at Barbara Stanwyck on internet, uh, IMDb. Okay. The, the li- list of her movies, oh, she's just incredible. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, from my generation, you know, pre, you know, you, you look at Barbara Stanwyck on television from the Big Valley, mm-hmm. which was this pulp sort of soap opera. But the work that she did in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, oh, she's on, un- what a strong, powerful woman she was in the movies. Um, Betty Davis.
13: Really? Oh, okay. Betty
4: Davis. All right. She's wild. And she brought it. More modern day, Kate Winslet.
5: I didn't know you were a Kate Winslet fan.
4: I'm in love with Kate
5: Winslet. What? You are? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, yeah.
4: I, I, I don't have like celebrity like, you know, crushes. Georgia. Right. She's my crush.
5: Is that right? She didn't even know it. Oh, did it start with Titanic?
4: Oh, no. No. Again, Kate Winslet's really strong. She's a very intense woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see that, I, see that, I go, oh, mm-hmm. I like this very much. Okay. <laughs> I All like All right, that. so Kate Winslet. Yeah, it's my choice. All right. What do you got?
5: Okay, you're going to laugh at mine. Um, Julie Andrews. Of course. Right? I mean, there's no- Sound
4: there's, of Music, Chim Chimney. I mean,
5: particularly Mary Poppins.
4: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's your I loved point. Misa
5: Maria Von Trapp, but I got to be honest, Mary Poppins was okay. top of the heap. Yeah. Um, Rosemary Clooney as Betty in White Christmas.
4: Oh, that's very nice.
5: You know, I've talked before about my fascination with the black dress she wore, which Mm -hmm. is my top five favorite dresses of all time in film. Yeah, Rosemary Clooney is Betty in White Christmas. Uh, Meg Ryan, Kathleen Kelly, and you've got mail.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, But when I see Meg Ryan now, I just feel bad for her.
5: Well, of course, don't we all?
4: What happened? Uh, Why can't she plastic just be satisfied?
5: Why wasn't she satisfied? It was it's a crying shame. It surely is. It is a crying shame. She was shame. a big talent. All right, let's do books. Okay. You uh, can either pick favorite book characters or favorite authors. I'm picking three authors. All right. Jane Austen. Yes. Fabulous, of course. Yes.
4: Carson McCullers.
5: I don't know who that is.
4: Uh The Heart is a Lonely Hunter.
5: Okay, I'm familiar with that oh, title, but I've never oh, read it. Oh,
4: That's a good book. Okay, read that book. It
5: sounds like no, I have to be in a Fabulous morning. book. Is it's it fabulous? Is the heart a lonely hunter?
4: I think you need to read the book. All right. It's a really she's terrific. Uh, her body of work stands very strong. And Flannery O'Connor.
5: Oh, those are three very good choices. Okay, those are my choices. Um, as you can imagine, I had a little bit of a hard time of course narrowing. Did. Yeah, yeah. Narrowing. Um, so I've got Jane Austen because Kudos. we are linked on that. Yep. I have Madeline Langle. okay, writer of A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, A Wrinkle in Time when the movie's coming. In out. the series, the movie has come. No, I no, think maybe coming on Friday. Premieres tomorrow. Um, Madeline no. uh the uh, A Wrinkle in Time was the first book I ever loved. Huh. My dad got it for me in third grade. Oh,
4: really? So you've read it like eight billion. times. I have
5: read it eight billion times. Um, Madeline a uh, Charlotte Bronte, who mm-hmm. wrote Jane Eyre. Yeah. Jane Eyre is is probably is up there with my favorite literary characters, uh, J.K. Rowling.
4: Yeah, hard to deny that, Harry right? Potter. Mm-hmm. No, she's on Broadway. What? Yeah, uh, well, Harry Potter. Oh, a, right, a three okay. play installment, which I is very unusual. Like. I don't know if you're like a Harry Potter fan, you think Broadway's going to be a, a flame with J.K. Yeah. Rowling.
6: I
5: also wanted to mention Edith Wharton who wrote Age of Innocence. Uh-huh, okay. I love that work and I loved Ethan Frome. I really loved Edith Wharton nice. and um, I wanted to bring up a Christian author okay. because I don't talk about Christian authors, fiction authors very often, but I really love the work of Francine Rivers. I don't know. Yeah. She um, she writes historical fiction and um, she did a, a trilogy called The Mark of the Lion, maybe Fifteen years ago, which was about the uh, early church, first-century Christians, mm, okay. and it's an it's an it's a really really wonderful work. What's her name? Francine Rivers. All right. Yeah. So that's who I'd say.
4: Okay, so that's our International Women's Day. Yeah. Selections.
5: I mean, that's pretty nice selections yeah, from Barbara Stanwyck to Gladys Knight. Yeah, Annie Lennox,
4: Carol Meg Bernays. Ryan,
5: to Nancy Wilson,
4: Lily Munster. <laughs> I mean, you know. Ella
5: Fitzgerald mentioned twice. Yeah, Serena o- Williams. Yeah.
4: Flannery O'Connor and Kate Winslet. Right. Who, you know.
5: I know. I mean, we had, we had no idea. va
4: va <laughs> is what I'm saying to Kate Winslet. Okay. That's enough for me. Take a break. Cue the jazz. get we'll be back in just a few minutes. So stay with us. How about your choices for International Women's Day? And does it mean anything to you? It's confusing. But okay.
2: Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2018 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo, Friday, March 16th from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, March 17th from 11 to 4 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 70 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh
3: North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Vellante and the team at JND Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over seventy-two years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at one eight hundred Very Dry for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. JD Waterproofing one eight hundred Very Dry. There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at Unbound.org. Okay.
5: New Mike, you want to weigh in on uh, on International Women's Day in the uh, film genre? Sure. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel, married to Justin Timberlake. hmm Oh, not really? that that's why he's picking her, of, of course. Of course not. Okay, picking yeah. her on her strength of her own work. Jessica mm-hmm. Biel, okay. Keira Knightley. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. She also did a uh, substandard version of Pride and Prejudice, I'm just saying. <laughs>
13: <laughs> and Natalie Portman.
4: Oh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Black Portman. Swan?
5: Yes, Natalie Portman also, I believe, has a Ph.D. from Brown.
4: Really?
6: In or Cornell. I thought it was Yale. In Could what? be Yale. I, it's or somewhere.
13: no, Harvard. It's Harvard. Okay,
5: it's, a, it's an Ivy League school. Really? Yeah. Or um, is it a PhD, Mike? She has a degree. Maybe it's a master's. Maybe it's not a PhD. In she theater. couldn't have had enough time in theater. In theater. No, no, I don't think it kidding. is in theater. I think of, it's yeah. in. I think it's in comparative lit or something like that. Really? Yeah. Natalie Portman is very. Imagine important. how anxious
4: your father would be if you had a you know PhD in comparative lit.
5: Yeah, because he'd be thinking you're never going to exactly. earn a dollar right, 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 in your right. life. Yes, yes, Fortunately, yes. she turns into Natalie Portman she's and she's a millionaire. She's fine, yeah. so that's fine.
4: But you know, you're, you get that done with that PhD, you're hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, and now what? Right.
5: You know who else I used to love? Hmm. Renee Russo.
4: Oh, that's strong,
5: isn't she? she I just is a thought powerhouse. she was absolutely she fabulous. Yes. Yeah.
4: Well, see, there's something about seeing strong women in film, mm-hmm. because you don't see it you know often like you know and you know you know your mom you know your sisters but you know you don't see in that scenario it's just powerful and so compact it's a great role model
12: oprah
5: winfrey uh mindy kaling and reese witherspoon star in a wrinkle in time which i saw the other night at a preview and um all three of them are excellent especially reese witherspoon to me kind of steals that show oh
4: reese yeah she's funny in this isn't she's she?
5: very very funny it's a clever character that i've always loved and she interprets it a little differently i love it
4: okay so how many stars are you giving it four out of five
5: no five stars no no three out of five three
3: out of Maybe five two and, a half. two and a half sorry a wrinkle in time the ride home with john and kathy a production of word fm and salem communications